Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is time for another edition of the post-game show. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor, and a bit of a different lineup here on Sunday nights. Of course, that uh, the late-night games features a, a, a shuffle lineup. Uh, as always, though, Mr. Dave Schofield, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Dave, how are you doing, sir? Um, that game was finished the way it did. How do you think I'm doing? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm still kind of numb. That's numb. That's a good way to say it. I'm numb. Yeah, you know what? I think this is going to be a, a therapy session for the, for the yeah. three of us. And speaking of the third, if you're listening on a podcast platform and you haven't already seen him, Mr. Jeffrey Benedict from uh, Know Your Enemy, uh, a, a good friend of mine. So I'm going to chat with uh, Weekly. Jeffrey, how do you feel after that one? I'm uh, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I, was, I was almost like, I'm doing great, Michael. And I'm like, no, I'm not. No. <laughs> Those are reserved for Wednesday nights. But anyway. Yeah, I'm always um, doing great Wednesday. <laughs> After that was a tough game. Um, Steelers' comeback was inspiring. I, I will say that. I, I really didn't think they had it in them. Uh, but, Dave, just your initial thoughts on the defense as a whole, because that was one of the poorest performances I've seen in quite some time. Okay, did you say poorest or porous? Um, either way, you're correct. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter which one you said. I was just curious about which one for reference sake. Yeah. I mean, it, it's when, when the chargers finally punted the ball and I think I wrote it down, 
um, for my for my numbers article. When they finally punted the ball the first time, 47 minutes and eight seconds into the game, um, then had to do it again 12 seconds later and actually got it blocked, I said I would never punt again if I was them. And you know what? They didn't. Uh, they went for it on fourth, and that was crazy. I'll get to that that specific drive whenever we bring that up. But the, but the defense, it's just the whole time. I'm like, I don't think that the Steelers, I mean, when the Steelers tied the game or tied the game or got, got to within the touchdown, I can't even remember. There was so much scoring in the fourth quarter. It's all running together. But when there was just under four minutes left, I'm like, will the Steelers see the ball again? And I'm like, oh, yeah, because they're going to let them score that fast. Or they did get the one takeaway. Um, it was just, other than the big play that that scored the touchdown, it was more like death by a thousand cuts. It was like they could kind of do whatever they wanted to the whole game. They didn't have to. They didn't have to have the three play seventy five yard drive like they did at the end of the game. They could just move the ball methodically down the field, and it seemed like there was nothing that the Steelers could do to continue to stop them um, on any given drive. No, oh, no, and that was absolutely apparent. Jeffrey, I'll tweak this a little for you. The game specifically in the first half, the Chargers scored on every single possession. I believe they had uh, four possessions in the first half. If not, it was three, but I believe it was four. But what what was that like for you, just watching them methodically? It just pushed the Steelers out of the way. It didn't matter who it was. They were just uh, walking over this uh, defensive unit. I To me, I'm just watching it going, that's what happens when you don't have Minka Fitzpatrick you know, crashing the line of scrimmage to hold run play short, to stop anything underneath. They didn't have that today. They didn't have Minka Fitzpatrick covering for, you know, the fact that they've lost so many people. Uh, I, I feel like I talk about it ad nauseum, but, man, when you're missing a defensive line and you would watch the replays for the first half, like – they're just double teaming Cameron Hayward. There's and often they're sending three guys at him. So if they're stunning, they can pick up the stun and still double team Cameron Hayward. They're just switching. And after that, who was there? Like if 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 in the front seven, past Cameron Hayward, who do you have? You got nobody. So if you can double team and you can just, you know, kind of limit Cameron Hayward's impact, you're running free. The defense didn't have anybody. Now, Jeffrey, I'll, I'll throw this right back to you, too, because you, you mentioned Cam Hayward. Of course, he was snuffed out in the first half, but, man, he made an impact for himself in the second half of his game. Can you speak on what he meant to this team and what he was able to do uh, to knock things up late? Well, we – I mean, we just saw the Steelers kind of turn around, uh, kind of got, like, a gut check kind of, like, you know, we have some pride here, uh, and come out and really fight after they had been just bullied and pushed around. And I think that speaks everything to Cam Hayward as a leader. Uh, and the fact that he went out and led the way physically on the field as well. That's Cameron Hayward. Cameron Hayward doesn't quit. He doesn't stop. Uh, and he's going to find new ways and new levels of play. He's absolutely incredible. Uh, he, he means so much to this team. And, you know, I wish we had... I wish we had defensive linemen that, you know, under his leadership could be more than just, you know, next man up. But right now that's it. That's all that's all we got. We can hope that they can they can hold the line for a little bit. And that's all we can hope for. Uh Mike Tallman specifically also mentioned to uh 
Hayward's relentlessness uh, in his post-game press conference. So that was something seen by a lot of people, not just Jeffrey. But uh, Cascade Galasso puts 9.99 in the tip jar. Doesn't leave a comment, but uh, Cascade, if you've got a question, we will try to read it out for you. Now, Dave, offensively, Fenner Roethlisberger had a pretty solid day for himself, despite not practicing all week, being sick, uh, seemingly having some somewhat rough COVID symptoms. Were you impressed with uh, what the Steelers veteran passer was able to put on tape today? Um, it's, it's kind of what I expected. I thought the Steelers could score points on this defense. I just didn't know if they could score enough points. I'll be honest with you. I came really close to picking this score. I was just off by 10 points for both teams. I had 31 to 27. It was 41, 37. I mean, I thought that I thought the Steelers defense would give up some points and the Steelers offense would score. I just didn't know it was going to go to that extreme. But when honestly, it's kind of the same deal that you, you that I talked about following the Chicago game when I mean the Steelers entered the fourth quarter down 17 points and they and they took the lead down 17 points in the fourth quarter but what happens when you get to that point of the game you kind of play a little bit desperate and that's and the Steelers w- were on the other side of that 2 weeks ago and they were on the they were on the side of needing to be desperate this week i <sighs> One of the most telling things, I think, is when the Steelers got the ball off after the block punt. They they tried to throw it. They tried to do an end around and lost a couple yards. And at some part in that sequence where they even went forward on fourth down and got the pass interference call, which was the correct call. That was a very, you know, very. I don't think anyone's arguing the call. But when Ben, I, I wish I knew exactly which play it was. He just turned over and just looked at the sidelines. And it, it was almost like a what are you calling look with that. And then finally they got it one and they did what they were supposed to do and give it to Najee Harris in the very first play and he scores. So the, I liked Ben Roethlisberger's leadership in that aspect. And he was kind of like, hey, come on, let's, let's, let's do this. He did what he had to do. But man, oh man, I mean, the guy didn't even have a chance on that last drive. He didn't even have a chance. I mean, he got. He had no time to throw for two straight plays. And people might complain about the fourth down play. If you didn't notice what was going on, that, that was a hook and ladder. That's what was coming. He would, They were trying to, 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 to get it and pitch it, um, which you can't – I mean, what else are you going to do on fourth and 32? But Ben Roethlisberger, he came out and, and – I mean, it, it wasn't – Ben didn't go out there, definitely didn't go out there and lose him the game. But at the, but at the same time, he, he showed that – He's going to take this team and, and do what he can. It's just he can't do it by himself. And this time it, it wasn't his teammates in the huddle. It was the it was the teammates that were on the sidelines while he was in the huddle that really let him down. So Jeffrey, specifically, I know I know obviously you watch tons of tape on this team. Uh the Steelers have had a lot of struggles inside the five yard line on offense, and that showed again uh in this uh this Sunday nighter. What's exactly is going on there? Would you agree that it's play calling? Is it talent? What exactly is the reason for the Steelers snafu when they get close to the goal line? Well, early in the season, it's it it wasn't. It has been recently, and uh, it it goes today. A lot of that, you know, Kevin Dotson contributed to that by not being there. He he's a mauler, and he is great in the in the on the goal line. Uh, he's not there. That hurts. But the play calling, man, play calling was a was a big bonus for the Steelers in short yardage situations for a lot of for of the early parts of the season. And teams have kind of caught on to that. We saw them try the shovel pass, 
And it's like, okay, we've seen that. You know, we've seen some things. We 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 got that Eric Ebron touchdown. We got some creative Matt Canada stuff. I don't know if it's like he's just run out of those plays or if, you know, there's this, the players on the field, he hasn't been able to work on new stuff because they're out constantly working on new people. I don't know what it is, but the, the whole offense, it's it's everywhere. Like, I, Claypool was out. They were using him earlier. Like, I, and then this game, they couldn't get anything going. I, to me, it's just, it's kind of baffling. Uh, how how they how they've kind of swung that way, uh, but it's it's not good. I mean, really, we won some games early on because we were getting a high percentage of touchdowns and red zone possessions, and not settling for field goals. And now we're losing games because we can't punch it in. I so I, I don't know where I don't know where to to go from that. Other than you know, it will help to have Kevin Dotson back and be able to run up the middle a little better with Najee Harris. Yeah, still a couple weeks away uh, from seeing Dotson back in the lineup. Uh, Alan Goddard puts 499 in the tip jar and says, Devin Bush is so bad that other teams still attack him as a weakness of this team, despite having multiple practice squad guys on the field. Now, Dave Schofield, I know you are writing your, your Dot of the Week article <sighs> currently. Uh, yeah. I think Devin Bush's name's probably going to be on said uh, Yeah, list. I don't want to be accused of setting him up and make his name the first name like it was last week <laughs> and having his him be the picture. So I, I won't do that, but, I mean, my goodness, it, it really was. And I, I'm laughing because they say there's multiple practice squad guys on the field because Jeffrey's putting questions in the Slack channel. All right, who's this number? And I'm having to answer because that's what the Steelers had out there on this defense. And I know I put something out on Twitter about this about the defense, and I'm like, you know, everyone's wanting to blame the X's and O's, but right now it's the Jimmy's and Joe's. These guys are just not getting it done. And you want to talk about ski, but you want to talk about this, you want to talk about that. The players that were on the field were just not playing good at all. I mean, you can have a couple guys that are out there giving everything, like Cam Hayward. I thought Alex Highsmith was was bringing all that he could in this game, but it just it just the Jimmy's and Joe's were just so letting them down. But then you got to look, and I'm like. They have a number 61 on defense. Yeah, they did tonight um, because that's what's going on. Sorry, I don't want to take too much time from Jeffrey. <laughs> his, his last name is Archibong. Yeah, Archibong. Yeah, you're Archibong. Right. What the heck is that? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like somebody who's not supposed to be in the National Football League. But hey, you hey, know what? no, no, no you know what? Don't knock, I'm not knocking him too much because I mean the guy came out there as a practice squad guy, got the call, went out there and 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 did what did what he could. It's just sad yeah. on the Steelers that that's where you're at right now. That's who you're having to put on the field. Jeffrey, remember in the offseason when we're talking about the D-line and we're trying to figure out who they're going to cut because they had so much depth? What happened? <laughs> I mean, I think That's, we all know. I'm glad you're asking Jeffrey this. Tua and Alu-Alu. Yeah. Tua and Alu-Alu happened. And that's, that's really, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think people realize. We say the defensive line is the strength of this defense, but I don't think people really understand, especially Steeler fans, when you have a TJ Watt. When we've had Devin Bush doing what he did, you know, in, in 2019 and the first part of 2020. When we've had Minka Fitzpatrick doing what he was doing. Joe Hayden. All these people making these plays. It's easy to get away from the best position on this team, period, for years has been the defensive line. I mean, it, it's arguably when when Woodley and Harrison were back there that the, that the defensive line with Kiesel and Aaron Smith and 
Casey Hamp was this was the best unit on the field for the entire team on any side of the ball. Like that's the Steelers defense. That's how the Steelers team is built. You get those guys up front, they do all of the dirty work and they make everyone's life easier. And now it's Cam Hayward and nobody else. And it's it's crazy to think of this looking at this this season and what can how much Cameron Hayward stands out. But we used to sit around and be like, you know, who who's the best defensive lineman on this team? Is it Tuit? Is it Hayward? And where does Alu Alu fit in? Because he's pretty close to both of them. Like they had three guys that were good enough to make it deb- a debate, right? And there's still people today who are like, oh, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuit's better when he's healthy. Yeah, you know what? He's close enough that you can make that argument. And that's a big, big difference now. And I want to talk about that because we're talking about Devin Bush. Uh, there's two things that have gone wrong with Devin Bush. He was drafted, he's undersized, and he's ridiculously fast. And he was a very smart player, but mostly he's he had agility and speed. And, he was, and his weakness was he's too small, right? But he was fast enough and quick enough to make up for that. He can't duck around offensive linemen anymore. Nope. And the defensive line can't keep him clean. And he's small. He's not getting off blockers, and he's not quick right now. He got he lost his. It's like it's like if if people were around long enough to remember Kendrell Bell when he came back from injury, he just didn't have it. He had yeah. lost a step, and it wasn't enough. He couldn't make plays anymore. That's what we're looking at with Devin Bush. I mean, I I really really hope he can he can get back enough to be a good linebacker. But if he's lost his speed, what's an undersized linebacker without speed? What is that? That's not an NFL player. Nope. That's not a good NFL player, and that's. I was going to say, I, I wanted be. to answer a practice squad guy. Yeah, honestly, that's what really? that's what undersized linebackers that aren't that aren't fast enough. Yeah, you're Tyler Maddox. That's where they end up. <laughs> you're Robert Spillane. Yeah, Devin Bush is one of those guys. Yeah, if he doesn't have a speed, and he doesn't, and that yeah, he doesn't is... right now. At and all. that is absolutely brutal. Well, and, one of the names- and, and, and one other thing about that, because I'm just to finish up with the Devin Bushes, not only does it doesn't have the speed, is that I also feel like part of it is is he might not is he doesn't have the confidence to just react either because maybe he doesn't have the speed. So so you take away the speed factor and you take take away the quick reaction factor, and it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with you, Dave. One of the names Jeffrey brought up was Cam Hayward, and uh, Occam's Ox uh, puts in a pretty good visual for everyone. Uh, he puts four ninety nine in the tip jar. He says Cam Hayward's play, or he plays the game like someone on the other team peed in his Wheaties, which he probably eats as part of a balanced breakfast. Tough loss. That <laughs> that is uh, that is quite uh, the super chat. Thank you for that, uh, Occam's Ox. And you know what? Uh, Cam is playing like someone whose hair is on fire. He's flying around the football field right now um kind of stepping back in the secondary as a whole without Minka Fitzpatrick and Joe Hayden they were definitely uh undermanned and, and you could see it especially when Akella Witherspoon was on the field Dave I'll throw this over to you first do you think if the Steelers just had one of those two kind of all former all pros uh the Steelers could have uh, won this game yeah well I mean technically the Steelers were missing two all pros and a pro bowler that's what they were missing. And, you know, how many defenses don't even have that on their whole lineup? And that's what the Steelers were missing. You got you, you still got to remember this. And that's why, I mean, we're, we're laying this loss at the feet of the defense where it should be. 
but now I got to remember exactly what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> if they had, if they still had Hayden, if they still had one of them. Yeah, I mean, in a game that they that the defense gave up forty one points, it was still so close that one more play could have made the difference. You know, a lot of people say if Minka was in there, did they give up that? Did they give up the long touchdown at the end? Um, I would say probably not. Maybe not. You would hope that the communication would be good. That that just seemed like. Sutton and Norwood didn't know who was going to be doing what thing because that's not who's usually there. Um, or maybe someone was supposed to and they just blew it. I will, We don't know because we don't know the call. But if you would have had one of them, uh, I think it really would have helped. One of any of the three, in my opinion. And I will say this, now, this now makes the seventh straight game in which now that when you're counting the playoffs, that Joe Hayden has missed that the Steelers have lost. The yeah. last seven games, Joe Hayden has been out. The Steelers have lost. Now, I'm not saying that Joe Hayden would have been the, the best one of those three to have back. It's just one of those numbers to put out there. Since his hey. second season with us, in 2017, yes. he missed 17. a game they won. And since yep. then, yeah, he, he missed we, a, we haven't won a single won game some, when he's out. Yeah, I, I think it was uh, – yeah, it, it was in 2017. And this, and this season, when T.J. Watt misses a significant part of a game, we haven't won a game. Yeah. Exactly. And really, really bad in the yeah. process. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's what it is. That's why that's why defensive year, you know, defensive player of the year candidates are what they are because they they change your defense so much. And I don't want to make excuses. You still got to play with the people that you got, but they just that's a lot. That, that that's a lot to lose. That's that really is a lot to lose. I mean, my goodness, it would have even helped just to have Isaiah Loudermilk a little bit. You know, shockingly, yeah. you know, it's is yeah. is how much any of it would have helped. But the, the the defense, it was just oh, let's let's go after Devin Bush, let's go after Akella Witherspoon, and we're just going to where those guys are. That's where we're going to be, and we think that we can you know keep our quarterback upright most of the game because T.J. Watt's not here. Well. We've talked about the, the practice squad players playing, and I, I want to throw some numbers out here because yep. it relates directly to this question. Uh, number eight, not Melvin Ingram. Do you know? I would see if Dave, you yeah. know who these guys are, right? Number eight, yeah, not Melvin I told Ingram. You. Who, was <laughs> who was it? Number eight? Yeah. You want me to answer or are you asking yeah. Michael? Yeah, oh, I'm number eight is Carl Joseph. Carl Joseph, mm-hmm. he's playing because Minka Fitzpatrick's not in there. Number 25, not Ryan Clark. Akella okay, Witherspoon. Artie Burns. <laughs> no, no way. Yeah, it's not Artie Burns even. I would have taken Artie Burns. I take Artie Burns over Akella Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. in there playing because Joe oh Hayden's not in. Yeah. And number 50, which if you look at the Steelers' site, still says Ryan Shazier. Uh, this is not Ryan Shazier. Dave, who was that guy? Um, uh, the, 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 um Was that Darnell something? Or the. Is... Delonte Scott. De- Scott Delonte was the last Scott, name. Yeah. Was it Delonte? I think it's Delonte. Um, who are these yeah. people? Yeah. Were, was, were any of them on the roster in the offseason? No. That's the like, thing. They weren't even at the camp. Defense, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Like when I do my snap counts article, I've already got it planned. I'm going to talk about how many snaps are accounted for by people who weren't here in the offseason and how many snaps they played this game. You replace Delonte Scott with TJ Watt. Right early in this game, when the Steelers are running the defense they've been running, and they're getting torn up because no one can get pressure on Justin Herbert, and then we switch it up and we're blitzing, and he's throwing all these passes over the middle. If you have T.J. Watt, you're getting pressure. 
right off the bat, you are pressuring the quarterback. If you have Minka Fitzpatrick, they're not throwing those passes over the middle all day. And if you if you pay attention to it, watching the game, if you want to re-watch that nightmare, you can. Or if you were watching while you're doing it, Trey Norwood wasn't dropping back deep in zone very often. He was coming forward, right? Terrell Edmonds was the guy deep in zone. And if you watch that last play, when they get finally get a huge play, Steelers are too deep, and they go to Trey Norwood's side. That's Minka Fitzpatrick's spot. That's where he would have been. And if it's when it's Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick back there, teams don't throw deep on the Steelers and have success. They just don't. But they did today. Finally, they got through, and it was when they couldn't hide Trey Norwood. Like, it was just like you – there's only so many t- ways you can hide, and, and you can't hide the whole game. And there and, were too many people to hide. And I want to say about Trey Norwood is he's – I think this season he's done a good job. Fantastic. In the role that he was doing prior to this game. He just had to play a different role, and that wasn't building to his strengths. He had to try to be the Minka Fitzpatrick guy. And that's the thing. When Norwood had some really good games over this season, people are like, you're going to get more snaps. I'm like, no, you need to keep him doing what he's doing and in that package because then asking him to do something else is not going to be playing to his strengths. Yeah. He's still a rookie. Yeah. So the Steelers in recent years here have been trying to build a three-headed monster in their pass rushing unit over the course of the offseason. Last year's TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, and they bring in Alex Highsmith. This year they go into the season with TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, and Melvin Ingram. Back-to-back years, uh, of course, last year was the horrific ACL injury to Bud Dupree. This year Melvin Ingram wants out, and instantly we see how that kind of backfires in the team's face. So, Jeffrey, I'll throw this to you first. How important is it for the Steelers to have three solid edge rushers for them to have success with defense? I think I think we are seeing it. I think we're seeing evidence of that. Last year, uh, when Bud Dupree went down, and they still had Alex Highsmith, and I think we're seeing it this year, where you know Melvin Ingram was important and a great addition to the team, but when one person leaves or is injured. Having three is a big deal. Uh, it does It does hurt. I mean, Taco Charlton has been pretty good. Derek Tuska has been a guy that, I mean, he's got a lot. He's got great effort. I mean, he's one of those undersized outside linebackers. I was like, man, look at the hustle on that guy. Well, yeah, because otherwise he wouldn't be, you know, even on a practice squad. He'd be nowhere. Uh, that That's where we are. You know, would it be great to have a Melvin Ingram? Yeah, I I still don't understand that situation because he was playing a lot of snaps and then he was hurt and not playing snaps and then he wanted out. And it's like, yeah, but you, you're you visibly limping on the field and you're complaining about you're not getting enough snaps. I, I still don't – I don't know what happened in there and I think it goes beyond snaps. I don't think it goes, you know, just with I wasn't playing enough. But that, yeah. something there was weird. And that's something we kind of learned uh, during uh, Know Your Enemy last week uh, with our guests from uh, Bolts from the Blue. Um, they kind of ch- ch- chatted a little bit about uh, Ingram being upset about money and playing time uh, when he was a Charger. So maybe uh, you're definitely onto something behind the scenes. But Dave, I'm curious if you also agree that the Steelers uh, tend to need at least one more guy that isn't s- starting, but uh, at least quality depth at that edge rusher spot. Yeah, and I mean, the problem was when you brought in Melvin Ingram in the offseason, you thought, there's the answer. This is a fantastic plan. This is a great idea. But 
I guess they just didn't realize how much of a malcontent he was. Apparently, that's what you're hearing from from his time with the Chargers and things of that nature. So, unfortunately, you know, didn't didn't pick the right guy. But you you do you need you need another person in the mix there. I thought, you know, that was smart to do what they did in the offseason, but you you couldn't have a repeat of the James Harrison situation. And I understand why they had, why they did what they did and moved on from him. But now you can see when something happens, you're, you could be in trouble. Now, Tyler W puts uh $2 in the tip jar here. He says on the plus side, let's give number 93 credit for the huge stop. Of course, that being Joe Schobert on that fourth and about half a yard, uh, which gave the Steelers uh, another drive, which they kicked a field goal to take the lead on. Uh, Dave, I know you wanted to talk about the offensive drive. Maybe we can uh, chat about that stop and then that 19-second drive uh, that occurred after the fact. But uh, what was your general sense after that uh, series? Well, what, after the defensive series? Uh, well, after that stand. Oh, okay. Firstly, yeah. That was that I'm like, this. it was exactly what they needed. I'm like, they needed the one stop, and they got the one stop. And so many times you had seen – throughout the game that a defensive player was put in a position to make a play and they didn't come through to make the play. Joe Schober got put in the situation to make that play because he was able to shoot that gap and he made it. That's the thing. He still could have come through and hit the guy and let him fall forward for the first down. And he didn't. And the rest of the team was there to help gather it. So yes, it was, it was, it just so happened to be Schobert, but he made the play. He, he did his job got the stop and the Steelers were right there in field goal range. And you're like, come on, take this down, kick the three to end the game, bring it home. The problem was Najee Harris was in the locker room. To me, that was a game changing scenario. If Najee Harris is on the field there, I had the feeling that the Steelers are trying to run the ball, run the clock and see what they can do and possess the ball for as long as they can and then fi- and then kick the field goal. But without Najee Harris out there, the best thing that they could have – what gave them the best chance was to put the ball in the air, and it, it just wasn't enough for them to, to get the first downs and run the clock down. So, Jeffrey, when the Steelers initially took that field goal, uh, bringing them to a 37-34 lead with about, uh, what, two or I guess three minutes and change uh, left in the game. Uh, did you think uh, just generally that the defense had been s- kind of suffering throughout the entire day, that it, that was only going to go downhill from there, left far too much time? Was that uh, an inevitable outcome, which eventually did happen? Yeah, actually, I actually uh, tweeted uh, three points, three minutes and 24 seconds left. Feels like too little and too long. Uh, Cause they had strung together some stops. They had been they had been holding the Chargers offense in check. But at the same point, when you're up multiple scores, you're not running your best plays. When you're up multiple scores, you're not pulling that stuff out of your bag of tricks that are like, hey, you know, if we're in trouble, this is our play. You're not running those. Because if the drive doesn't work, okay. You know, you didn't score points, but you're still up. And the Steelers kind of pulled out some great drives, some great defensive stops once the offense started scoring and it just felt like, you know what, this is, there's, there's not enough, you know, I don't know. I kind of look like, I guess I kind of look at it. Like if you've got guys like, you know, a Joe Schobert, 
he's got one or two good plays a game in him. You know, you've got guys that have that, like, hey, they're going to make a big stop. But when you've got a guy like a TJ Watt, make if it's Patrick Cameron Hayward, you're like, these guys are going to make a play, right? And we didn't have enough. We didn't have enough. And it just felt like, you know what, that is too much time. And this defense isn't going to be able to stop them again. Like, that's what it felt like to me. And then it ended up being true, which stunk. I was I was really, really hoping that they would prove my gut feeling wrong there. But they didn't. So we are at the halfway point of our post-game show. So we're going to jump into a quick break for everyone uh, listening on your podcast platforms. You're going to want to go ahead and click over to part two now if you're watching on YouTube and Facebook. Just hang tight. We'll be back in just a couple seconds. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus